Hello, Minnesota Timberwolves. This is Gerson speaking. Hey, Gerson. This is Bobby Palenka from the Los Angeles Lakers. Calling today about that number one pick. Got to add to our championship core. Gerson, yo, this is your old pal Daryl Morey. I don't know if you've heard, but I'm actually working in Philadelphia now. Curious if you'd entertain the idea of trading us that top pick of yours. Mr. Rosas, hello, Pat Riley here. I'm relaxing on the beautiful sands of South Beach, sipping a delicious Mai Tai, and I realized it was draft day. Apparently you have the first pick. Any interest in taking back Jimmy Buck? Gerson, it's me, Danny Ainge, here in Boston. Long time no see. You know I'm always on the phones, much like you. So tonight's the draft, and we'd love to talk to you about pick number one. Do I have an offer for you? Gerson, my friend. It's Sam Presti. I know you're getting a lot of calls today, but I've got two words for you. Ricky Rubio. I'm listening. Welcome to episode 139 of Wolves Cast, a show that now recognizes both 2009 and 2020 as the Ricky Rubio drafts. I'm ho- it's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Woo! He's back! He's back! We're back! Dog heard it. The <laughs> dog's back. That dog heard it. That's how loud it's screaming. That's how exciting it is. So excited, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast that can talk about Ricky Rubio being on their team. Holy moly. Holy moly. I can't believe it. Alexi, change change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. Oh yes, I will, Ricky. You know we did we did put those drops away, Scott. It's been it's been a little bit, but we sadly I think we kept them around for for a little while. Yeah, right? I it wasn't was, ready to part with it. Yes. So there there were some Utah days where you know those drops were there, but they've been they've been we had to dust them off here, and now they're officially back in the board. A lot of people think the past four years have been a dark time for America, but it's really the past three years that were the worst (laughs) because that was when that ray of sunshine was taken out of my life, out of the Twin Cities. And I followed from afar, you know, I'm going to buy myself some vintage Ricky Rubio on the Jazz jerseys, Ricky Rubio on the Suns jerseys. You know, if you have a discount one, you see them online now, go and slash the discount. I should check out if... uh, what is it? Uh, Jack Sporting Goods? What is it? Uh, oh, Dick's? Dick's Sporting Goods. Yes. I should see if they have one in Phoenix because they have great sales on jerseys whenever players get traded. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me all the Ricky ones because he's back in my life. I'm so excited. Oh. All the art in my cubicle now makes sense again. <laughs> you know? Right. We can bring out the collectibles. Not that they ever really went they away. They never really went Just away. Just the bobblehead, really. You know, that's kind of the only one I have, I guess. I'm trying to think of others, but. Yeah, and they have the one jersey. I've got and... the Funko Pop, you know. Oh, okay. I've got the bobblehead. I've got an action figure and the McFarlane figure. Oh, yeah, I've yeah, I've got yeah. some custom art. I've got plenty of Ricky Rubio stuff that never went away because he was never far from my heart. Can't, you know, can't underscore how excited I am, Neil. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so much fun that I have him back. This is going to be the most fun Timberwolves season since he left. Oh, hopefully you can hear it in our voices. That is, uh, it's it's so exciting. I mean, like most Wolves fans, he's he's a fan favorite, right? He He's, uh, you know, second behind Kevin Garnett, you know, as the most popular Timberwolf, I think, of all time. I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else oh yes so right oh, so true Ricky. draft speaking of draft night right there that was a draft mm. night quote back in 2009 took him two years to come on over remains as true now as it was then <sighs> yeah not like anybody although else. i guess we might talk about a few players Ooh. that are in the ricky rubio school of thought uh-huh, you know who uh-huh. made, modeled their games after him when we talk about who we drafted that's right yep there's some some of those uh some of those folks but yes that is that is the big news you know there's certainly plenty of news but yeah we are uh, we're recording this um, a day after the draft, so uh, we gathered here last night to watch the draft and uh, hang out. We did some Instagram Live stuff. Uh, thank you to everybody who watched us over there on Instagram Live. If you don't follow us on Instagram, uh, please head over there. It's a Wolves Cast Pod, so you can check us out there. And uh, you know, hopefully this season we'll uh, try and post some more things over there and do some more live type things. And who knows? Um, but yes, it was it was an eventful NBA draft, of course, with the Wolves having the number one pick. But we got way more than we bargained for, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> so we'll, we're today on the show. We're going to run through it all. Obviously, the number one overall pick, uh, Ricky Rubio pick. We have those other those other late first rounders. 
Um, you know, we're gonna get and then we're gonna get into uh, predict it because uh, unlike uh, unlike most drafts, um, this draft is immediately followed by free agency, which starts. You know, as you're hearing this, I believe it has begun. So um, already, we're probably yeah. missing out on talking about some major things that have happened. I know, but <laughs> with the wolves not having a ton of cap space, I'm sure the most of the industry shaking news will right. not be happening here. You That's know? right. Yeah, a lot of uh, restricted stuff for the wolves, which happens later in the process. So. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe uh, you know early next week or something like that is when those things will happen. Um, then we have weekly wolfies and uh, a game, of course. Um, but yeah, Scott, let's let's get into the draft. Let's let's talk a little bit about the number one overall pick. Here's the tip. I guess if we have to, I suppose. Let's get it out of the way this before is, we get to the meat. Yeah, we we want to tease you out a little bit. It's like the rate on radio where they're like, and after the next break, we will talk about the thing you were tuned into on after here. After a word from our sponsor, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're doing that with uh, the number one pick. Wow. Yeah, the, the number one pick is the appetizer for what you're really here um, to <laughs> to really hear about. But you know, it's obviously super exciting. I mean, despite the fact that there's no uh, you know, transcendent talent at the top of this draft. Even though you have, when you have number one, you have number one. It's still it's the still, number one pick. Still very second big. time in franchise history we've de- we've selected at number one. <sighs> That's right. And uh, you know, most people don't expect this player to uh, be better than Carl Anthony Towns, but it's it's possible. Both times we drafted someone named Anthony. That's right. We got we got Anthony's all over the place here. Neil, there have been eight Anthony's in Timberwolves history. Ant-Man Edwards can will be I number nine. <laughs> can, you, can you name four of the Anthonys? Oh, yeah. I mean, Peeler. Yes, that's correct. Anthony Peeler. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll avoid Carl Anthony just because that okay. one's already given. Respect. Um, the other notable one that's right off the tip of the tongue is Anthony Bennett. Yeah, another Anthony <laughs> drafted number one. Right. Um, other Anthony's. What are other Anthony's that I am missing? Those are the those are the two that are jumping out to me right now. Are there any big ones that I'm missing? Are there any uh, like very very big names? Uh, there's there's some from recent history um, that I would expect you to get one. Anthony Tolliver. Anthony Tolliver was the one I thought you would get. Okay. I was looking at his name in free agency. Uh, uh, you know, prep for the show. So yeah. Three of them are a little bit obscure, but the fourth one is... Oh, Anthony Randolph. Anthony Randolph, exactly. So yeah. those are okay. the ones are the I expected others? you to the others? There's a player named Anthony Brown. He was the Wolves' first it. two-way player. He played oh. four minutes in one game for Minnesota. So like two years ago. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, it was it was nothing. He only had four minutes in a Timberwolves jersey. Uh, Anthony Carter, who you may remember from... AC, you know, yep, yeah, exactly. there you go. And then Anthony Goldwire, who played five games with the Timberwolves in 03 04. So, all right. Well, this has been your Timberwolves Anthony watch. Here. Now you now too can tell all your friends about Anthony history. <laughs> the greatest Anthonys in uh, Timberwolves history. Hopefully, this, well, again, Carl, Carl Anthony, it sort of counts. Okay. I, I feel like it's an asterisk a little bit, but. Uh, if if uh, Ant Man Edwards ends up being a great, we can just be like, he's the best Anthony in Timberwolves history. We don't yeah. have to debate it because Carl doesn't count, you know? Yeah. We, Carl, Carl, we can push him off to the side he, he he's carl i call him carl way more than carl anthony yeah so I just think and no it, one ever calls him anthony towns right yes more, yeah more more people call him carl towns than anything else so so uh getting back to uh ant-man edwards as i'll probably call him anthony. a lot yeah he, he had that nickname from a child which is oh. you know it's just his name anthony shortened you know mm-hmm. and and then man mm-hmm. right. and doesn't I don't know if he's a big fan of the comic books or anything like that. And and man was pretty obscure, you know. It, it's only in the last ten years that Paul Rudd started playing him in movies. Yeah, so just I the don't, movies. Can't imagine he was into the comics too much, but I'm sure we'll learn more about him as we go along. But uh, from Georgia, you know, and mm-hmm. what is he six five two twenty five or something? Yeah, you know, he built like a like a train. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, thick. Yeah, and uh, just apparently super athletic, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the most athletic guy in the draft. And so that's going to be really fun to watch. It's some good clay from which to sculpt, you know. Yeah, his body and his athleticism are the sort of things that are, are not questioned at all, right? These are the areas where he is already sort of, he walks into the NBA sort of living up to a number one pick as far as as far as far that goes. Right, and I don't know how about you, Neil, but I wasn't. Very surprised that they drafted him. He's kind of been, mm. you know, the only thing I was saying to some people was there's been too much smoke around Anthony Edwards, which makes me think it's a misdirection to throw people off from what they really want. No, nope. yeah. we've been hearing that name for uh, at least a solid month. The Timberwolves have been tied to him as that's kind of the guy they want at number one. And, you know, there was no really trading up in the, you know, in the lottery. Yeah. I don't think anyone No, no one came up to get one. Or two, you, you know, which yeah. was kind of the thought. And, you know, I read from The Athletic, Johnny K, shout out. <laughs> 
John Krasinski, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. great writer. We love him. Yeah, broke the rookie news. Yeah, absolutely. What a beat, scoop. Beat Woj and Shams to it. Yeah, terrific. He was on it. And he wrote uh, about the draft that, you know, there was uh, about 10 teams that they were calling going right down oh, yeah. to the wire. Charlotte wanted to move up, but eventually uh, what the Wolves decided was they didn't they didn't get an offer that was good enough for them to risk not getting Anthony Edwards at three. Yes. You know, because, you know, if yeah. Charlotte moves up and takes number one, Wiseman, maybe Anthony Edwards goes to the Warriors at two, and then you right. don't get your guy. Yes. It seemed, he said head and shoulders above the rest of the players. Yeah, they wanted. Gerson, yeah. They, Anthony Edwards was who they wanted. Yep. And, you know, I, part of that is just what you say after you draft a guy. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think that's honestly true. It seems like from the story that they were pretty locked in on this is the guy we want yeah if you take him at their word after the fact he was far and away you know the guy that they really wanted and then yeah like to your point i think that they were kind of just working to see if they could still get him at two or at three or wherever they ended up trading to to do whatever they needed to do you know most likely a three um but you know that deal didn't materialize so they just grabbed him you know and they just went for it yeah and uh they seem to be really sold on him as a person uh, I read yeah. the Krasinski uh, piece about the process of them going out on the road, and they met him in Malibu at mm-hmm, Nobu. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. closed down a section of Nobu. You know, this is once again the Gerson you know regime knows how to pull out the stops. They, they had dime. a helicopter for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, they had that really nice thing for JJ Redick that he talked about on his podcast. And oh yeah, he, he was like, ah man, I'm just I've never been recruited by a team <laughs> like that. So they know how to do the recruiting, and so shut down Nobu and. Had an interview with him. He really impressed them. I mean, it's kind of funny because they're like well, some of the stuff they said impressed him. It was like he knows how bad he is, you know. <laughs> like he he's very weaknesses. he's very aware of his flaws and weaknesses, yeah. which is very impressive for a teenager who should have been in high school last year. He yeah, reclassified, yeah. and so he was 18 years old last year in college. And he turned 19 in August. In August, so very so. <laughs> very young guy, and to have that kind of self awareness was apparently something that you know distinguished him from some of the other people that they talked with and met. And then also the workout that he had with with uh, Rosas the next day really opened his eyes just in terms right. of saying it was like the fastest three-fourth court sprint he's ever seen and stuff like that. So Seeing him in person rather than just like on video yeah, from it's his, different. his season. Yeah, Which, is, you know, I can't wait till, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we get to go to some games maybe at the end of the season we can yeah. get a vaccine, you know, going in, yeah. in this country. Because I would love to see him in person, you know, see some of that mind-melting athleticism, uh, right. you know, at the Target Center. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still would have liked to see them take ball overall, number one, I think. Uh, but it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think ball and Edwards will sort of always be tied together a little bit in the sure. draft as far as like comparing the two. Um, so I think that'll be fun to kind of like chart that and see whoever ends up having the better NBA career. And, and, you know, for, for Edwards, it's the big question is just sort of about that motor and about, um, you know, his, his, not necessarily his attitude because, you know, by all accounts, he's a very, uh, cheerful guy, fun loving, you know, and I think that's, um, you know, I think that's something to, that you hope that, you know, you can, I guess in, in contrast to Wiggins, you know, you get the Wiggins comparison and Wiggins, you know, obviously had the big smile, but he was always such like a, so reserved and so like, you know, just sort of so quiet. And it would, you, you know, Joe Maurer asking when he was interviewed and stuff like one sentence and that's it. So I, I think Anthony is a little bit different in that way if he's a more effusive and a little more, you know, happy go lucky and a little more go with the flow. And, you know, he's very, yeah, he's very light in that kind of way. And and so I think that is one way that he's he's really different from Wiggins. And then the other thing that we we mentioned last night when we talked about this is the upbringing. I think is very different um, as far as the Wiggins comparison goes. Wiggins always had things good, middle class living, suburban you know. lifestyle, yeah, suburban life, suburban Toronto. Parents were both athletes, and you he know. had everything he ever wanted, and and got it easily. So I and 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 Edwards has a different background, um, you know, where he didn't really have his parents. You know, his dad left early on, and, and lost and, his mom and his yeah. grandma at age fourteen. Both. Yeah. Died to cancer. Yeah, so and I mean, those been are tough for him ever since. That stuff's hard to quantify. Obviously, it's not quantifiable. It's that's what's like makes the draft so hard. Is like, what is this young nineteen-year-old going to turn into by the time he's twenty-three or something like that? So and, I have a little more hope as far as that stuff goes than I did for Wiggins. And you know, I, I understand Wiggins hurt us. He hurt me. You know. Yeah. He, we always believed that he would, you know, turn that corner. He never really did. I mean, I love Andrew. You know, there's, yeah. I'm not trying to talk smack about him because we gave him a fond farewell when he left. Um, but it but was he def- never went up and got it. He right. never. He had all. He the was tools never there. And, yeah. and so I understand why people are sensitive to that comparison. But oh yeah. I just think that you know these are two completely different people here. So mm-hmm. um, it remains to be seen. Um, but I think that what. 
Edwards was saying in some interviews after he got drafted was that what it really impressed him about the Wolves is they really had his his career kind of projected mm-hmm. for over the years like this yes. how, this year this is how we're going to develop you this is what we're going to teach you here's what we're going to do to you physically in terms of how you're building your body and he said he was really impressed by they just had stage by stage how they're going to you know make him a better NBA player yeah, the roadmap yeah exactly and so if he sticks to that I mean I love to hear that because it used to be you know uh <laughs> You go to Minnesota where where uh, player development goes to die. You know that's right. You, 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 do whatever you want. Players are never better when they leave Minnesota <laughs> than when they arrive, and yeah, um, that's just another thing about the Rosas regime that you know, I find very refreshing. Yeah. So looking at some of his on court stuff here a little bit, and then we'll get to we'll get to the next part. But um, you know, just kind of went went back and looked at some of the you know scout on him and stuff like that. Is um, you know we talked about his athleticism and his strength and stuff. That is that is fantastic. But you know he needs to continue to work on his shooting you know I think especially off the bounce off the dribble that is where he really needs to continue to work and get better um, he's more of a he's, he's he's much better in the open court and much better getting to the hoop using his size using his strength um, in order to yeah get to the rim and stuff like that so that is where he's he's good but he needs to continue to get better at the shot and that's kind of what people worry about too is you know he's not like this lights out guy he, he's got he's got to work on these like the shot will need to be worked yeah. yeah but I think there is an argument too that he was the only good person on George's team so oh, yeah all the all shots, shots all the yeah. shots yeah. were one yeah he could take as many as many shots as he wanted so he took a lot of bad shots because he was just the number one and number two option on his team yeah but also he was guarded heavily you know so you got to think that when he's in the NBA maybe he'll have a little bit more space when they have to guard Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell on the floor at the same time you yeah know? and then defensively um you know again he has all the physical tools and he's so he's so built and he's so strong you could just see him kind of guarding one through four and all this stuff and there's certainly clips where it's, it really wows you with that but this is for me where the Wiggins comparison comes back into focus is it's the turn it on turn it off part of the defense right Wiggins really could lock down and could d up uh from time to time but it just was not there consistently and that is also a problem here with uh with Edwards and so that's the other part where I can see the Wiggins comparison unfortunately is like you need to compete at all times and you know you can't you can't take plays off and decide when to just lollygag and stuff like that so well as we'll talk about later I think something that's good for uh, Edwards that Wiggins didn't have is that he'll get yanked if he's not playing defense. Yeah. There are enough players on this team that we don't need to be playing him. Wiggins knew he was going to play 40 to 45 minutes a night every night, regardless of how he played. So he knew he had, like we always right. joked, I mean he cakewalked he was, into those He minutes, was top yeah. five in the league in minutes, like every yeah. season he was with Minnesota. And that's just because, you know, he knew he could take stretches off on defense because he wasn't going to get pulled. He's not going to the bench. And we have uh, so much guard depth right now on yep. this team, which we'll talk about later in the pod. Uh, don't think for a second that Edwards, if he stops hustling, he's going to get his butt on the bench. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and then let's talk about those, the ESPN article quickly, Ooh, Scott. You wanted you tough. wanted to touch on this and the shallow uh, it, it's fandom. A, it's a great piece. You could yeah. you read the whole read the whole thing. I yeah. did read the whole thing. It's really good and really overall is like I feel like a pretty well rounded piece. But there are some quotes that he said, and then like you know his, his trainer or whatever kind of Locked helped him back, walk it back several a times. Bit. Kept yes. calling the, the, the article, and you know the two different. In, set down interviews he did the first one he was really mercurial personality wise just like not into it kind of gloom gloom you know right yeah kind of glum during it that's what i meant to say and um so that caused people to worry and he's getting clowned on like our nba reddit uh on instagram just you know and this is a very shallow level of nba fans the ones that are just making jokes on social (laughs) media don't really care you know if you care about like nba you hear about these fans all the time the people who are more into the social media that's right than watching the games so i have no doubt that you know Real fans. I don't want to call them fake fans. It's just a different kind of fan, <laughs> fandom. But yeah. he is getting clowned hardcore on Reddit. And like the top 10, 15 most upvoted comments on the thread about uh, Edwards going number one were all just jokes about, yeah, he's going to go play football or he doesn't care. Or when you when you could draft somebody who doesn't like the sport, you have to do it. You know, Doesn't like watching basketball. Right. And I know. think that those quotes are going to haunt him for a long time, unfortunately. Because if you read, like Neil said, if you read the whole article, there's a lot paints a lot better picture of Edwards. And I think you should do that if those quotes worried you. Um, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for you. You can check it out. But I just think it's unfortunate. Those are going to follow him for a while. Absolutely. The Anthony Edwards Show. All right, that's uh, that's it for Anthony Edwards right now. Obviously, we'll be talking a lot more about him uh, going forward. But uh, let's get to the real, the real stuff, Scott. He's hitting up. Ricky Rubio. Ricky back. The the prodigal son has returned. 
he's back. I didn't think this was ever a chance. Like uh, it when, was, no, it definitely when Chris didn't Paul went to the minds. Suns, I yeah. was joking about it, but uh-huh. I never thought it would be a real thing. <laughs> yeah, but that was truly the thing that opened everything up. I mean, yeah, the Sun, you know, the, or excuse me, the the Thunder trade Chris Paul to the Suns, and the pieces they got back, they're trying to get rid of that. I mean, they traded Ricky to us last night, and then uh, as we record this today, uh, you know, talks of, of a deal uh, with Golden State for uh, Ubre. You know, so both of the players that that uh, that uh, Oklahoma City got in that Phoenix deal are now headed elsewhere. So, um, yeah, they just got other assets and got more draft capital and stuff like that. But Apparently for the Wolves, that means Ricky's back. A little bit of a panic trade from the Thunder. From what I hear is they thought Alexei Pokusvetsky oh, yeah. was going to be poached before he wasn't well, going to fall okay, that yeah. to them at 25. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of did a panic trade, traded 25 and 28. So we got two first-round draft picks. And Ricky Rubio, obviously, for the wow. 17th pick. And uh, James Johnson is going away in this deal to make the salaries match. Um, so some people are being like, hmm, OKC, that's kind of a questionable trade decision. But OKC obviously believes it's Poke, poke uh, you know, Alexei, I'll say. That's, <laughs> Alexei, poke, change poke, your face. Pokemon. Yeah, uh, they, they believe in him. So we'll see if that pay, you know pans out a couple years down the road. But I'm glad it happened. You know, I'm psyched to have Ricky back. It was a good trade, I think, because uh, most of the people who you actually, I don't know, you could you could chat about some of the people who went 18 to mm-hmm. 23, which is where yeah. Wolves eventually would pick again because there were some good players that a lot of people yeah. were high on but i think the important thing to remember is just because you did some you know studying into the draft some people some wolves fans did a lot of studying into the draft oh yeah and they you know you, you pick guys that you're really excited about and then you see them go yeah. and the wolves had a get chance attached, to draft them yeah, yeah you, and you might feel bad you know i feel bad about some of the guys that didn't get picked by the wolves but yeah. um you just have to wait and see you know it's hard to say it's a mistake because you haven't seen how those players have really played out yet you know yeah, and, and i think um yeah, I think they have plenty of young guys, and uh, you know, uh, you know, as we'll talk about here, this is you know, for me, the the main reason you bring in Ricky Rubio is to have a leader, you know, and to have someone who's been there before, and to have somebody who uh, you can count on to you know, sort of run your locker room, um, and and be fantastic on the on the floor as well, you know. So a lot um, of positive reviews out of Utah about how oh, yeah. he handled uh, Donovan Mitchell's rookie year, really mm-hmm. mentored him during his rookie and his sophomore seasons. Yeah, we see how good. Donovan Mitchell is now, you and know, Ed, so. and Edwards is, you know, comp to Mitchell. If, if Edwards reaches all his, his, his possible ceiling, you know, Mitchell's a guy he can potentially look like. Right. So you, you got to love the idea of the mentorship there. For yeah. Ricky. And That's where it starts for me. You know, obviously absolutely. it's like you get a good player on the floor as well, but Ricky, you know, pro, you know, definitely, you know, he's got two years left on his contract. It's not really like a long-term play to no. reacquire Rubio. And he becomes an asset next year just like James Johnson was an asset this right. year and just in terms of if you want to make a trade and you got to make the salaries match you know you're trading for Devin Booker and then you got to have some salaries like Ricky Rubio's yeah. that you can put in there so I do think that's the one thing I understand um, some people are saying he's overpaid for who you're getting and mm-hmm. I can understand that he's making 17 million dollars it's an awful yeah. lot on this team where the cap space is so precious right um, but you know I just think you know you don't know how that cap space would have been spent otherwise and who knows who you get here yeah. and, I, I just think that Ricky's going to be good. A lot of people are asking also, how's it going to work with him and D'Angelo? And I think it's a little interesting. I, I meant to bring this up when we were talking LaMelo. Apparently, I heard a report that D'Angelo told, told, told Rosas that he didn't want uh, LaMelo oh, on the team. Interesting. And who knows how much that played into it. Maybe yeah. Rosas was like, good to know. It's not going to affect my decision making <laughs> at all. But um, you do wonder then if he doesn't want a ball-dominant point guard on the team, how he's going to feel about Ricky. But it remains to be seen how it's going to be deployed. You know, are we going to mm-hmm. have uh, Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell be the two starting guards, or is Okogi going to start? You know, in one of those spots, and yeah, that's it's hard does that to look mean at that Edwards right and Rubio are coming off the bench together. And you know, it's you know, it's less about who starts games and who finishes games. But I think that Ricky is a natural complement to D'Angelo Russell, just because he can play defense. He can take mm-hmm. the guy that D'Angelo Russell would get torched by every night. <laughs> yes. And then D'Angelo Russell's also very good at playing off the ball coming around screens pick and pop you know yep. i think that for the time that they share the floor together which probably won't be the entire time you know they'll they'll take stints and uh yeah 
I think that, you know, it'll work out just fine. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Ricky has shown, especially you're talking about Mitchell, talking about Booker, that he can play alongside another combo-like guard yeah. and still get that player the ball, still make them look great. You know, I don't think Russell's worried about his stats or his, his touches and stuff like that. In fact, he hopefully is excited. Hopefully he knows enough about Rubio to know this guy's going to hook you up. Yeah. This guy's going to find you. This guy's going to pinpoint pass you for that corner three or whatever, like whatever it's going to be. So hit you, hit head passes and transition and stuff like that so i think it's going to be fascinating to see how much fun obviously but yep. how good this team will be in transition next year because oh they've they upgraded they like, majorly in transition i mean we already talked about it with edwards he's great in transition probably yeah. better in, in transition than he is in half court and, and we after, know that about ricky after the trade deadline last year the wolves were like top in the league in transition yep. and pace of play once we got beasley and you know russell in here we were just running like crazy you know cat can throw long you know full court passes and mm-hmm. i just think if we're running a lot we could have a lot of success next year in transition that could be a real uh, bedrock for this team to you know establish themselves on and that's 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 super fun because like it's so exciting when guys get you know full court passes and they're dunking Hmm. in transition but I think this team is built around just being really able to take advantage of that yeah, so, you know, Ricky, you know, also it's we have to talk about sort of like the fan sort of, I don't know, it's it's such a fun sort of, uh, you know, not publicity, but just like a, a, a joyful moment. What a for, story. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, again, who knows how, you know, sort of what the overall idea was about reacquiring Ricky, but... Um, it works for a number of reasons, and one of those reasons is the fans love him. And it's ironic that there will be no fans in attendance for yeah, most of this season, so no one will get to see uh, Ricky's return to Target Center in a Timberwolves Which is uniform. It's just so sad. It would have been <laughs> what a night that would have been at the Target yeah, Center, an all-time yeah. top ten night yeah. at the Target Center for sure. Yeah, courtside tickets just astronomical. Oh yeah, it would, the energy <laughs> in that place would be insane. But so yeah, I think it's finally, great to bring him back. The last thing I want to say about Ricky is we deserve to have a little fun. There you, you know? go. Yeah. If if this is something that's not maybe maximizing the team in terms of how good we could be if we had somebody else besides Ricky, mm. I mean, that's hard to say. Who knows? But I can say that this will be more fun than it's been for a while. Ricky just brings so much joy to what he does. I think we all deserve some fun here in this fan base. It's not like we were going to win the title in the no. next two years anyways. If Ricky <laughs> helps the development of our number one pick and helps the development of some of our other young guys and along the way we get you know some of those beautiful Ricky Rubio dimes and that, that beautiful Ricky Rubio smile, like it's we're allowed to have some fun we need it after 2020 you know and i think he's excited to come back too right he's posted on instagram and you know it seems like he's going to be happy to be back here and i just love it when Rick, <laughs> i'm happy when ricky's happy absolutely all right let's move on scott what's what we got next he's on fire well, I suppose we should talk about a couple of the other uh, wolves yeah, that are quick, real quick. added to the team. So we traded the 25 pick and the number 33 pick, which rubbed me a little bit because, you know, 33 is a great place to draft right. in the second round. You yeah. can pay the second round draft picks a lot less than you could pay a first round draft pick. But totally. um, either way, we decided we needed to move up from 25 to 23. <laughs> we had to get those two spots uh-huh. because we had to get our guy Leandro Balmero. Uh-huh. Leandro Balmero from Argentina. Balmero, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, shocked everybody. I think nobody really had them on our radar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. who? I never heard of him before. You know, I didn't do that much research on the end of this draft uh, in the first round anyway. So, um, but yeah, 19 year old from Argentina uh, played at uh, plays at FC Barcelona. He's six seven, um, and uh, you know he. What's kind of interesting about him is like, yeah, it's FC Barcelona. But looking into it a little bit more, he jumped up and down from their first team to their second team a right. lot last year. So it's not just like you know, it's not some oh he only plays against Euroleague guys. But he will be playing there um, this upcoming season here for 2021 uh it's, it's hard to say for yeah. 2020 and 2021 uh he so he's not going to come over so it's a quote-unquote draft and stash type guy he technically signed a three-year deal this offseason okay. so he could be over there Multiple. for up to yeah. three years yeah. but we'll see what the wolves want to do that's that's flexibility yeah you know exactly. to be able to kind of pick and choose but um yeah so he is continuing to grow down there and uh yeah we we, we mentioned him on instagram live yesterday it was very interesting on the draft uh, as soon as he was drafted espn had this like animation uh, an- animation um package ready to go this little brief 
30 second animation where he is walking past a statue of Messi and then Ginobili and he's walking up to like a, a covered up statue and then he's standing in front of it as if it's going to be him he's the next great hope it's uh, hilarious that they have for Argentina sports this pantheon the, like type building that he walks yeah. in and then there's only two players listed <laughs> that's all like, screw you Argentina <laughs> these are the only two that are ever are worth a statue in the history of your country it's just yeah. an amazing kind of like bizarro animation that I'm gonna have fun with we're gonna turn we that into a it. gif you know yeah. no pressure at all young young guy no pressure at all 19 year old just like Argentinian. a crazy thing that, that they had ready you know, like when he goes in the 20s we gotta deploy this graphics package that we don't yeah. have for like guys who are going in the top 10 yep so uh, wild <laughs> but uh, you know Manu Ginobili was tweeting about it afterwards uh-huh. saying yep. we got a new team to cheer for now because he's gonna be in the league and so you know it's exciting to have Man- Manu's vote of confidence at the very least that's right and we also have the Pablo Prigioni connection there as a part of the Wolves uh, front office and also uh, Argentinian yeah. and you know you got to think that if he vouches for him it means he's probably was scouting him so I, I, Pablo's not going to do it just because of the country connection you yeah. know there's got to be something there and you know, I trust Rosas on the international stuff, and so maybe this will be one of those good stashes where a couple years down the road we'll be like, he's our new Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I quickly watched some video on him last night and got a few notes here, but, uh, you know, obviously, again, it's still still a lot to be shown, uh, you know, as a 19-year-old playing in different leagues and stuff like that, but I, well, my first comp was Ricky Rubio. He looks... Again, maybe it's the Barcelona jersey or something like that, but he looks like a forward version of Ricky Rubio, more of a playmaker, um, great handle, crafty, both pick and roll and transition. So he's just out in the open court firing amazing passes and really you know, has a flair to his game. Also a really good defender. You know, He doesn't have super long arms, but he's really tall at 6'7", and you know, really gets up in the guy's shorts and you know, is just a pest out there. Um, and he's really thin, you know, not athletic. Um, and yeah, the downside is the shot. He's still working on that on that three point shot, and uh, you know that's really going to be the swing skill for him. I think whether he can be an NBA player or not is can he hit down an average amount of, of uh, three pointers. So again, it's the Ricky Rubio playbook. It's interesting. I think that's kind of the thing with a lot of Euro guys and and stuff like that. Uh, not super athletic, but you know they're very skill based, and and so yeah, that that shot will kind of be the thing, and and it'll be it's so interesting to think of Rubio being on the team next year potentially at least for a little bit if he, if he doesn't get traded again and and potentially mentoring this guy who also played at FC Barcelona and you know is very much kind of the same type of player I think that's a really intriguing thing of like having Ricky and then having Balmero kind of uh, in the wings there um, so yeah we'll, we'll see what he can do we'll see what he can do next year at FC Barcelona and continue to grow his game and then whenever he decides to make the leap to the NBA um, all right, and then uh, the next the next pick, Scott, uh, number twenty eight, number twenty eight, Jaden J- McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels from Washington. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably knows Zach Levine because apparently he grew up oh. in the whole Seattle Washington basketball scene. You know, nice. He went to high school in Washington and stick, stuck around for college. Even though he was recruited to like Kentucky and all the big programs, he was one of the you know most highly touted high school recruits of his year. Okay, um, considered by many the best power forward of his high school class. Wow. And then he had kind of a forgettable year in college, actually. Um, it, midway through the season, he got moved to coming off the bench. He just did not play very well at all. And that's kind of a bummer, but that explains why you get a top high school recruit falling to you at, you know, 28, you know, just barely yeah. barely at the end of the first round, you know. And so maybe, you know, I always am okay with taking a swing at these guys because who knows? College is hard. You know, freshman year is hard for everybody. And it was a super weird college season, too, with the COVID and everything like that going yeah. on. So if they did their scouting and they see in Jaden somebody who is, you know, a good value at number 28, I'd believe it because he's got the body. He's 6'10", 220. He's got kind of the body of a Jonathan Isaac type, someone who could be a switch, you know, switching between guarding forwards. He can do perimeter defense, maybe some post defense too. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of uh, switchability on defense, which would be attractive. And then also, you know, an all right shot. You know, he had did better shooting in high school than college, like a lot of his stats. Uh, yeah, it seems like he projects as a stretch four. You know, that's kind of what they're what they're looking for with this guy. Right. If you draft this player, you're thinking, okay, this guy can come in and, and, you know, be super tall and and be able to shoot the ball from out there. Yeah, I don't Uh, expect to see him on the the, you know, the team very much this year. I think he'll spend mm -hmm. most of the year in Iowa if the G League is having a season. I guess I didn't confirm that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, again, looked at some quick video on him and really, really skilled guy, you know, really can, you know, for for such a big player, you know, the ability to shoot it and 
and pass it and dribble it and stuff like that. Pretty good. Um, yeah, stretch four. Super skinny, though. Really, that's yeah. kind of, you know, you look at it, he's got the long, long, skinny arms. And then the other thing that I think is interesting about him that they noted, that they noted on the draft broadcast was they had six technicals oh, yeah. <laughs> last year, in the, which apparently is a lot. So, yeah, the yeah. attitude, maybe that is maybe why he slipped a little bit, too. It's one of those things that can go both ways. It could be a sign, a red flag, but it could also be a sign of a competitor, you know? That's right. But actually, that kind of fits in a lot of ways with the next guy I want to talk about because um, we signed an undrafted player to a two-way contract. Oh, yeah. We've talked about how that's a great place to find value. Mm-hmm. That's how we found Nas Reed. That's uh, right. Previous year, Keelan Martin as well. His name's Ashton Hagans. Hagans? Hagans? Well, we don't know how to pronounce Hagans? it, but we're guessing Hagans. He was a point guard for Kentucky, a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jaden, he was a really highly sought-after high school recruit. So top of his high school class as well. Also has some attitude problems. And he like didn't show up for his final game of the season uh, for Kentucky. I mean, we didn't know it was going to be the final game of the season because <laughs> yeah. COVID shut the season yeah. down. But he was having some attitude problems on that team as well. But um, I've seen him compared to like, you know, hopefully this is pie in the sky. He can get there someday as a Pat- Patrick Beverly type. Apparently he really hangs his hat on defense and is just a menace um, and really shuts down whoever he's guarding. And has a lot of other things to work on in his game. So it's a perfect kind of guy you take a risk on, take a flyer, watch him at Iowa. You know, him and Jaden yeah. are going to be fun to watch in, in Des Moines. And, uh, you know, just keep an eye on that one. Fun two-way guy. We'll see what's up down there in, in Iowa. All right, we got lots more show uh, for you here. But uh, first, uh, we have to get to our sponsor. We have a sponsor every episode, and uh, this episode is no different. Uh, uh, let's get right into it. With the Minnesota Timberwolves drafting Anthony Edwards, number one overall in this year's draft, the future of the professional sports here in Minnesota has arrived. But while this highly touted phenom athlete will play basketball for a living, his favorite sport is, of course, football. Well, Anthony, you'll fit right in here in the land of 10,000 lakes because this is Vikings territory. Skull! The state of football is a grassroots movement focused on changing this state's unofficial title from the state of hockey to the state of football. We're asking all you Minnesotans out there to join our coalition and fight for this cause. Everyone knows football is the superior sport. Just ask Anthony Edwards. He's currently working on pass routes instead of jump shots. So join the number one overall draft pick and find a way to get more football in your life. It's all that matters. Head over to stateoffootball.com and sign our petition. Let's face it, Minnesota loves football. From the Vikings to the Gophers to the Mayak and even the dreaded Packers, ball is life. Football, that is. Thank you to the State of Football for sponsoring this episode of Wolf's Cast. And right now it's time to predict it. We'll predict it. Okay, the crystal ball. I have uh, brought out the crystal ball today, Scott. And um, I just want to say, yeah, I know we love our sponsors. <laughs> that's that's not our personal opinion here, right? Uh, basketball is life. Yeah, uh, basketball is the best sport. Actually, basketball I think is like really the world's greatest sport, and baseball is the most unique. Baseball is the weirdest sport, and that's why I love those two sports. But it's undeniable. Like I remember crystal clear, the Twins were in the playoffs in 2010. And all anybody cared about was the Vikings game that Sunday. You wouldn't even know the Twins were in the playoffs. This is a football city, no doubt about it. I used to work at Target Field and on the in the suite level, and there we you know it'd be Sunday and or Monday, and there's a game going on right in front of you. You paid great money to be in the suite and and watch the Twins play baseball. But if it was Sunday and the Vikings were on, everybody would be inside the suite watching the television to watch the Vikings. So. I don't agree with it, but there's no doubt in my mind that this is a football city first and foremost. And there's no doubt in my mind that this show is for sale, and that was a sponsorship. Got to pay the bills. You know what I mean? So you know, we'll we'll take we'll take whatever you got. You know, so if you got a check and some copy, well, we're in. Anyway, crystal ball, time to predict it, Scott. Uh, free agency is upon us. As you're hearing this, some of these things may have already happened, but. As we sit here right now, none of these things have happened. So we need to get into um, some predictions and some ideas about what might happen here in free agency. And uh, today for Predict It, we've broken it down into a couple different categories uh, for the Wolves. 
you know, they don't have a lot of cap space, um, but they do have two big uh, restricted free agent players um, who they need to resign or just let them go or who knows, trade them maybe. They did extend the qualifying offer to both of them, though, okay. so they yep. are restricted free agents. Restricted free agents. Uh, yeah, we got uh, we got Beasley and we got Hernan Gomez. So we're going to each have predictions on how each of those um, potential signings will go, and then we have a wild card one to kind of talk about some other guys because the Wolves do have um, their mid-level exception to spend. Um, and depending on how the restricted free agency goes, you know, we'll see how much money they have to spend. But they'll probably be able to add one or two other players as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, probably the guy with the most question marks floating Ooh. around him. We have a lot of guard depth all of a sudden. Ricky and Edwards on the team. And we're just wondering with his legal charges and stuff, where is the room for Malik Beasley on this team? And so I think personally that Malik Beasley, his time with the Timberwolves is, is almost over. Malik Beasley. He should just shoot it every time he touches it. That's kind of an unfortunate drop, I just realized. <laughs> I did not know what it was going to be when I pressed it, but any kind of talk with Malik and right. shooting right now is not great. That's from February. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just think it's, it's a good you know, position of depth we have now with a lot of the guards. And you know, I know we play in some guards on the wing, but he's just a little undersized. He doesn't give you the defense you want on the wing. So if there's a chance to sign and trade him, I expect the Wolves to hop onto that. You know, And who knows if they're going to get that, uh, you know, 2021 first round draft pick we're all dying to have in here Mm -hmm. or if we're just going to get another you know player who fits better on the team on the wing um but you know it stinks because i do think the shooting is legit uh but he played out of his mind uh you know and when he got here probably 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 higher than expected right right you probably can't count on that kind of production and it's hard to predict you know i would say maybe he'd get overpaid doesn't seem like he's going to get overpaid with the legal issues right now but who really knows all it takes is one team to throw that offer sheet out there so um if i had to bet on it i would say malik beasley is going to be signed and traded yeah, there have been the rumors today of uh, potentially interest from the New York Knicks. So Timberwolves sourced at the Athletic Minnesota. This is John Krasinski tweeting. No conversations about trading Malik Beasley. There is a belief that he and Anthony Edwards can play together on the wings. The focus is to have Beasley back, which is exactly what you say if you're trying to trade somebody. There you go. That's uh, who, who knows what's we real. We can't possibly part with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, there you go. Well, I'm, I'll go the other way with it then. I'm going to predict that uh, Beasley will re-sign, but I think it might be a shorter-term deal. So, um, you know, I don't know that it'll be a four- or five-year type of extension. I'm not even sure what the rules are for – I don't think you can even uh, sign a restricted phrase into a five-year deal. Um, you don't see that very often. But a four-year deal could be possible, and that's obviously what he would want, right? The most money, the most security. But, you know, maybe there's – if he can't get that market value, if his, if his value is, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of held down by the restricted free agency process and even further his, his – his personal action, his actions in his personal life, then maybe he can opt for like, uh, okay, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take two years, uh, 25 million and get back out in free agency in a couple of years. Cause we know, um, in Denver about this time last year, uh, you know, his, uh, his, uh, negotiations for extensions fell apart. I believe it was rumored that Denver offered him four years uh, for 40 million. Mm-hmm. And so he said, no, I, he turned that down so that I can do better than that and restricted, restricted free agency. So that's kind of the bar for him right now he already turned down 10 million dollars annually um but yeah especially with these legal issues now i don't know that he's going to be able to get that so i could see them maybe coming to something coming to an agreement for a short-term thing you know the wolves save a little money annually on that unfortunately they don't lock him down for a number of years um but you know i I feel like that is maybe at this point you know the most likely scenario is that he is um re-signed but it's maybe for a shorter term thing so uh, that that's going to be my prediction on that one. But yeah, who knows where this is going to go right now? There's been so many moving parts now already. You know, we have uh, hardly any teams have have cap space, right? That hurts him. Um, and then uh, the Suns uh, got, took themselves out of the free agency derby by trading for CP3. And then today you have guys like Gordon Hayward getting back out there on the market. You know, uh, turning down Gordon Hayward turned down his player option for twenty plus million dollars. Well, you know, to be a free agent. And then so someone's going to sign him before Beasley. And so I just think. By the time, because if free agency works, restricted agents go first, and then restricted guys go. Unrestricted, see, unrestricted go, first, go yeah. first, and then restricted guys go. And by that, there's just not going to be that much money to go around. I think it's going to the, the wolves are going to have find themselves in a great opportunity situation here. And remember, they traded for him. They traded for his rights with the idea of re-signing him. So they don't have to, especially with all the new stuff that's come out. But I still kind of think it's highly likely that he'll be back. 
Yeah, the Knicks opened up $40 million in uh, cap space. Exactly. <laughs> Is it going to be Beasley. Uh, Hayward or you know Van Vliet? But I don't know who they opened up all that money for. Yeah. But who's Tom Thibodeau's guy? He dropped Taj Gibson, <laughs> so you know he must be serious about it. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on to Hernan Gomez now. Watcho's an excellent slipper. He is a good slipper. He is <laughs> that. Knows. <laughs> uh, Hernan Gomez. Okay, so. Off being uh, a movie star, no idea mm-hmm. how that will affect his value. He's got a big head now. He's got. He's probably in the Screen Actors Guild, so you imagine Ooh. he's going to get some royalty checks from however you know well that Netflix movie does for Adam Sandler. I believe it's a Netflix deal for uh-huh. Sandler. Yeah. So you know maybe that'll make him willing to sign for a little bit less because he's getting that movie star money. All right, Scott, why don't you start us off here with your prediction for how things are going to go for uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. I think Juancho's going to stay around. Uh, we have not very much front court depth right now. we got all these guards, and uh, who who is a big on this team besides Towns? Basically, Nas Reed. That's it. So we definitely <laughs> need some guys who are taller uh, than like 6'8", you know, and... And Unless you're a big Jared Vanderbilt, fan. yeah, and I think the I think the front office is uh, so we, we'll find I, out. I think we will see him this year, but uh, we just need the front court depth, and I don't think he's going to be that expensive. So why not just spend a little? We don't have a lot of money to go around, right. so why not keep an inexpensive guy who uh, you know is a good fit uh, and when you know is tall. <laughs> Those are all good things to, to be. I think he's sticking around. Put for it all reason. together. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's certainly reasonable. And uh, yeah, my, my prediction um, for Juancho Hernan Gomez. Let me look into the crystal ball. Let me uh, let me uh, look deep into it. I'm rubbing the ball. It's ooh, what is it showing me? Oh yes, I also predict that he's staying. And that's that's the only way. That's the only way there is here. I think it's kind of a lock, Scott. That. Uh, Wancho will return. Um, even, I mean, Beasley, we talked about how pinched he's going to be in restricted free agency. Uh, Wancho, unfortunately, uh, is uh, at least Beasley is a guard who can shoot shoot threes. I mean, yeah, Wancho can hit him hit him too, and he's he's known as a shooter. But as a, as a like a power forward center player, it's just so much harder to get paid these days. There's and, so many on the market. Right yeah, now. a yeah. lot of good options on the market. Plus. That Ricky Rubio connection, they both play for the Spanish oh. national team. Now that Ricky's here, why would Wancho want to be anywhere else? Oh, Spanish friends, speaking speaking Spanish, Espanol in the house. Uh, so, you know, again, it, it's, he's going to come cheap, you would think. Um, he fits a position of need for the Wolves, and I just don't see any way around this. I, unless there's some team out there that just loves him and has that space and, and, and there's just some other thing, or maybe the Wolves uh, make another move. Um, whether it's a trade or another signing, you know, in unrest- maybe they find an unrestricted free agent who is, is kind of fits that mold, and they no longer need him. Uh, but you know, I, I think Wancho is so much more likely to be re-signed um, than than Beasley is. So uh, it was hard. You know, we're trying to trying to maybe predict some different things here. You know, we, 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 it's very rare that Scott and I will look into the ball and see the exact similar thing. You know, we kind of have different minds and different powers as far as that goes. But this one just came up identical for both of us wow yeah. i think it must be a sign that it, that's definitely what's going to happen then yeah a sign from the cosmos indeed you, you can take your money and bet on it that's how sure we are <laughs> okay let's uh, let's do a wild card uh, prediction here and this goes for kind of the rest of free agency uh you know sort of again sort of what will happen before uh restricted free agency who who we might see uh, walking through those doors for the wolves uh scott why don't you want you uh, get started here too sure i think that it's important to keep in mind that the wolves are pretty much capped out Uh, They do not have any kind of flexibility, really, financially. I mean... You know, Rosas and Gupta, they they can find cap space if they need cap space. Uh, yeah, they'll have the mid-level exception, which I'm not exactly sure what that'll be. But, you know, you can maybe sign a guy for $10 million a year for, you know, for four years or something like that. So And then, um, you know, you can find some veteran minimums or stuff yeah. to take on. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to predict that they're going to go out and get Van Vliet or something like that. you got to no, stay no. realistic. But yeah. I think that what we need is some old heads. We need to have some veteran <laughs> leaders in the clubhouse, some guys who can share their wisdom and have kind of authority in the clubhouse for all these youngins, you know? Such a baseball pants, guys. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. In the clubhouse. (laughs) Such a twins. Showing your twins fandom here. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you know, Nelson Cruz came in and was doing great stuff for Miguel Sano. So I think that's kind of a similar idea yeah. here. We got Ricky coming in to, you know, teach the young guards how to be and how to be a professional in this league. And so I just think a couple more people like that, because if we have the youngest roster in the league, we, get, we need to age that up a little bit. So that's right. I think, you know, one person we've always liked on the show, and now that he's got, because the thing with veteran minimum guys, these old heads that are going to just sign for the minimum, a lot of them are going to go ring chasing, fill out the rosters in yep. Brooklyn and Milwaukee and LA. If you're going to take a small amount, at least you're going to be winning while you do it. Right, exactly. But <laughs> you know who got that ring was Jared Dudley, won, oh. won one with the Lakers this year. So now he's free to do whatever he wants. I think that he's just a great veteran clubhouse guy. I think he's a leader. You know, I love listening to his podcasts, and I think that he really relates to people, and I think that he would be a good presence in the locker room. One of the higher character guys in the whole league. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, some guys like... I don't know what kind of situation Todd Gibson is going to look for, but he was Bring a real he was a real leader for us when he Let's was go. here. Him and him and Carl played pretty well together. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other guys with a lot of experience. Robin Lopez, I don't know what kind of leader he is, but he's been around the league. He knows how to be a professional. Uh, Ursan Ilyasova, Wayne Ellington, Joakim Noah, all these guys. Jeff Green. Anthony Tolliver. Oh, old friend. Uh, these guys have been around the league, and they know what it means to be a professional. So I predict that we are going to bring in some old guys to lead us with their knowledge. Got to build up that veteran uh, presence. Good good prediction there. Okay, um, let's see. My prediction is uh, the Wolves will use the majority of their mid-level exception, if not all of it, on a front court player. You know, I think they're definitely going to prioritize the front court, as you mentioned, with uh, Wancho. You know, they, they need that. You know, they have so many guards. They have so many kind of guard slash wing guys, you know, Culver, Okogi, Beasley, you know, these guys that are, you know, too Edwards, small. Ant-Man. So, you know, these guys that can play the two and the three, but don't don't put them up there on the four. I mean, I feel like Jake Lehman is really the only guy who can extend himself up a notch to play the four in some some situations, but you definitely don't want him there for long. So I think, you know, that even if they get Wancho, I think they're still going to need to to build up that front court rotation. Um, a few favorites I have in mind, uh, Favors, uh, um, Derek Favors. Uh, I would love that. That's uh, one of my ideal fits. I've been thinking about that one for a while. I mean, he just shored up so much defense, uh, you know, for, for New Orleans over the last couple of years. Um, uh, downside on for him is he's a, he's a center, so he couldn't really play with Towns. I'm kind of thinking oh, think of this spot as somebody to play alongside Towns. I think he could play with Towns. I think he could too for moments, but I don't think that's how Saunders and Rosas want their whole whole thing to be. Two bigs might be, might be uh, you know, you got to be able to stand behind the three-point line there. So yeah. um, the next guy, Aaron Baines, is, is someone who's one of the best um, three-point shooters for, for a center um, that's out there, you know, and also a Ricky Rubio connection there. I think Aaron Baines, the success you saw from him last year in Phoenix was kind of tied to Ricky, you know, getting in the ball, driving kick, that kind of thing. So I could see him being there. And then a few smaller guys, you know, more true power forwards, um, talking about uh, 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 Jamichael. Jamichael. I was going to say Michael Green. No, Jamichael Green. Um, uh, Morris, uh, not not Marcus Morris. I think he's going to be outside of our range. But his, his his twin brother, Markeith, a little a little less uh, sought after. I think you know played well for the Lakers this year. Um, if the Lakers can let him go, and then old friend Dario Saric. Maybe back in the house. Unfortunately, he's restricted, so that makes him a little bit tougher to get, and you got to wait longer in free agency to get him. But and you have to assume he wants to come back to the organization that just dealt him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder. Did, I forget. Did he play here after Tibbs, or was he here only in the? I, I no, can't it was one of Rose's first moves was to trade him in the draft. So yeah, he, was he traded, never played. He was traded Culver last yeah. year. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he fits what the team is looking for but you're right it's probably um you know not uh not in the cards to bring back somebody uh who you let go of in that way but hey they brought back ricky yeah i think it'd be interesting <laughs> to see if on a veteran minimum you can get someone like nerlens in a well now, not give them the mid-level but someone like that you know cat's yep. old roommate willie collie stein someone who also would probably take very yep. john henson money. is another name i yeah. like um for that as a guy who can hit some hit some longer shots yeah what still... happened to landy larry sanders let's get him back <laughs> Yeah, Pot's legal in a lot of states now. He had that trouble, and then it was just like it was. There was no, there was no um, reclamation project for he him. He was electric, man. He was so good. Yeah, blocking shots, all, all that stuff. Pot's not legal here, though, so it probably won't be <laughs> yeah, the best fit. Yeah, he's only have certain states. Malik will tell you. All right, uh, that's predicted. Let us know what you predict for the Wolves. Uh, you know, in this, uh, in this uh, very quick, this fast and furious uh, free agency we have before. Uh, uh, you know, training camp starts in like 10 days. <laughs> it's right around the corner. It's all happening very quickly. By the time you listen to this, Baines might have already signed with the team. He's and gone. Knows, He's off the know? board. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, let's, uh, let's get to Weekly Wolfies. 
presenting your weekly wolfies. Oh yeah, weekly wolfies. Another week has gone by, and uh, we have more awards to give out. Awards to award uh, right here. I'll start us off here this week on weekly wolfies. I'm gonna give my wolfie to the Floor Game Podcast. With my good friend Ben Dull, it is a WNBA podcast. Ben Dull is um, an incredible um, women's basketball mind. He knows both the college game and the pro game, and uh, he's got a podcast with a great website called Winsider, and um, and uh, he's kind of branching off and doing some more of his own shows and stuff like that. And the Floor Game podcast is wonderful. He's currently in the middle of doing really great, um, you know, 2020 WNBA season recaps, and uh, he just uh, launched his links. Uh, uh, recap uh, with uh, good friend Katie Davidson, and so they had a great uh, seventy-minute conversation about how this season went for the Lynx and what comes next. Some great names to look for in free agency and stuff like that. So last week, Scott shouted out the Lynx overall. You know, we're big Lynx uh, supporters here. Women's basketball what a season, oh, amazing season. So yeah, if you want to dig into a little bit more about what went into that season and what went right and how the Lynx were able to kind of surprise everybody and make it to the semifinals in the WNBA, make sure you check out. Bendel's Floor Game Podcast. You know, we're always enjoying recommending WNBA and podcasts, so um, you get both of them here um, in this one, and Ben's just a great guy who works really hard and uh, is kind of, you know, kind of, you know, making his own niche as far as uh, really, you know, covering the WNBA like it deserves to be, and um, the Floor Game Podcast is a perfect example of that. So, links to that show will be in the show notes. Go I'll, check I'll, that out. I'll check that out, because yep, ben, ben and Katie have both been on your Links yeah, Dynasty podcast. Thank you. Yes, and, thanks for the plug. And they are both, you know, captivating podcast guests. Super so. smart. Yep. I'm sure it'll be good. Totally. I saw a uh, tweet the other day about number one picks because the Wolves had one. Maybe it was even the Lynx. Who were like, <laughs> yeah, the number one pick, and it was Maya Moore. And it just showed like high school, all the championships she won, uh, college, all the championships she won, WNBA, all the championships she won. I think there should be a third column. Got a man wrongfully accused out of prison and then married him. <laughs> yeah, that tops all those. Stay all winning, those, Maya. All those sports titles. Never lost. <laughs> All right. Well, my, I'm going to keep mine short and simple this week. You know, I've stopped expecting good things to happen just because of the, well, you know, it's because I, of 2020. I just gesture at around. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of this, I think we all understand that feeling. Yep. And uh, you know what? Last night I was reminded that good things can still happen. You, you can hope <laughs> for a better life. And so this one, I'm just giving a toast to James Jones, Sam Presti, and Gerson Rosas, the three who made it possible. That's right. Cheers. Cheers uh, to those three. You get all all three of you will get your individual weekly wolfie for making dreams come true. Yeah, the GMs who really put this whole Ricky back to Minnesota thing. And, and, you know, good things can continue to happen. Miracles can continue to happen uh, even in the darkest of times. I guess so. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Thank you to those GMs. All right, that's weekly wolfies, Scott. Alexi, change change his face. Be happy. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, we're changing. We're changing our faces um, from being sad about Ricky's departure to being oh so surprised that he's coming on back. It's the second best thing to happen to me in 2020. <laughs> Even better than Biden beating Trump. The there election. you go. Even yeah. better. Yeah, he's that's in. how that's how high it is on my list. All right, Neil. Um, so, have you heard the news? Ricky Rubio returning to the Timberwolves. Oh shoot, he back. He is uh, the 13th player. I miss the old Ricky. Me too. That's a drop. That's not me saying that right now. Yeah, that, we have. A, <laughs> That's not a very. We'll good We'll have job. to link you to the full thing in the show notes. You know, the the full Kanye parody. Uh, yes, the parody song. Uh, uh, Ricky's returning to the Timberwolves for a second stint, though he's not the first to have done that. Ooh. There have been twelve other players. Twelve who played for the Timberwolves left and then came back for more of that at home medicine, that Minneapolis magic. Well, we talked about all. a little bit of this last week, right? There's a couple guys. Yeah, a couple yeah, guys that we yeah. remember. A couple of these 12. guys. A couple of these guys weren't here for very long, you know, mm. so some of them aren't worth mentioning. But my quiz tonight, Neil, is about players who have left and come back to the team. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Number one, Ricky Rubio's 353 games is the second most games played by a wolf who would later return to the team. Of all the Wolves who played two stints with the team, who played the most games during their first stint? KG Kevin Garnett. That's correct. He played 927 games with the Wolves before being traded. That's wild. Question number two. Who played the most games during his second stint with the team? So this is the opposite of it. Who played the most games during his second stint with the team? Oh, wow. So, huh, huh, huh. I can give you a hint if you'd like. Um, let me see. Second stint with the team. I have a guess. 
but I, I think I'll, I think I'll guess it, unless you're dying to give no, me the hint. Go ahead and take a guess. I want to. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is the only, the only name I come up with. Corey Brewer. I'll give you the hint. He later returned to the team a third time, but not as a player. Salty Smitch. Salty <laughs> Smitch is correct. <laughs> After he came, so during his first stint with the team, he played 244 games. I don't remember his second. When right? he came back, he played 513 games with the team. What? So he spent the majority of his career with the Timberwolves. The he second played time with now. another team. Yeah, he played with another team for like three seasons. Wow. That, so. And then he came back, and that's when he was the KG uh, uh, mentor. Veteran, yeah, mentor guy. the old head that Got we it. needed in that locker room. Huh. KG. Wow. Got to get your old heads in there. Yeah. All right, question three. Did Kevin Garnett play more than or less than 28 games during his second stint with the Wolves? Gosh. Yeah, was this that one season? Uh, Actually, he came back the next season with Talents. So he didn't oh. play the whole thing, but he did so come back. So they traded for him at like the trade deadline. Yeah. And then you're saying he played the end of that season 28 games. I got If it was two seasons and from the trade deadline to the end of that season, that was probably about a little over half that. I'll say I'll say over. Let me get the over on that. Yes. Yes. Did not play as many games as we could have hoped. He was really good next to Towns, but he did play 43 games with his return to the And then Turtles. he got injured or whatever. And yeah, and then play. he was just yeah. out. Yeah. So, but great, great 43 games. Talk about a return to the Target Center. That was maybe the best Timberwolves game I've ever been to, just energy-wise. You know. All right, Neil, this one's a little tricky, so I have another hint if you need it. Okay. This player played the fewest games with the Wolves of all returning players and only played four games during his second stint with the team. Can you name this former Golden Eagle, who is Marquette's third all-time leading scorer and his fifth all-time in rebounds for Marquette? Wow, Golden Eagle. I I only know of two players who played for Marquette and the Wolves, Jimmy Butler, one. Yes. The other, the other name I want to say is Lazar Hayward. <laughs> was it Lazar? I can't believe you got <laughs> Lazar. I can't believe you got Lazar. I don't know any other Marquette Wolves. Yeah? Who else is there? No, I don't think there is any. Okay, that yeah, I know. yeah. For some that's reason, a, that, you, that's you knew you're from on that one. I, wait, so when did he come back though? That's interesting because they drafted him. Yeah, I think he was gone for like a season. Then he came back and only played four games with us. Wow. So actually, we didn't draft him. My hint was going to be oh. he was drafted by the Wizards with the 30th pick in the 2010 draft. The Wolves traded Trevor Booker and the 56th pick to acquire him and the rights to Nemanja Bjelica. Interesting. So you know yeah. he didn't really pan out, but Bjelica. Alita was good. Yeah. Nice. All right, number five, a fan favorite that you already alluded to, Corey Brewer. Oh, yeah. Is one of three returning Timberwolves to change their number for his second go around, <laughs> shifting from 22 to his preferred 13. <laughs> preferred. Which point guard had the number 13 locked up when Corey was first, first drafted to the Wolves? Oh, boy. Okay, so. Oof. What year was he drafted? Um, I want to say 06 or something like that. I think it was a little later than that. I'm gonna look Corey right Brewer. Who? Who's number? Who's number? Who's number 13? He won the NCAA championship in 2006, 2007. So I think he was drafted in 07. Yeah, 07. Um, man, part of me wants to say Yarich. Um, part of me wants to say like. Uh, Oh uh, God, uh, I don't even really know. I, I'm trying to think of who else. Would be, who, who else? You're saying is a point guard. Yep. Point a point guard. guard who was number 13. That's correct. For the Wolves in 2007 era. Um, oh, I'll probably kick myself after him because I think Yarich was traded before that. Yarich was traded in that Kevin Love year, so that was it was not Yarich. But um, trying to think who the who the point guard would have been in that time, not like Flynn or something. I can give you his college if you'd like. Okay, give me the hint. He's from Oregon. Oh, I, I know this one. Uh, <laughs> Luke Rittenauer. <laughs> Squatted on Corey's number. Thanks for the hint. All the other places Corey played, he played for a lot of teams in his NBA career. He had the number 13, 3, or 33. 22 was the only time, with the Timberwolves, was the only time he didn't have a 3. Wow. So, so I mean, there, there is, like, some precedent of, like, you know, players like you know giving their number, you know, but yeah. usually you don't see that unless it was like LeBron or something. Yeah, someone you know? big, you know, yeah, someone, someone too like, big. Okay. Or Corey is not big enough to take the number, even from you know journeyman. <laughs> the <laughs> other, the other two players who shifted their number upon return, Brad Sellers, 
He wore number two, two first shift. No, for the Wolves? Number four, yeah. Oh, okay. During his second stint. And Anthony Tolliver wore number 44 mm. during his first stint and 43 during his second stint. <laughs> the one off. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just shift, minus one. Could went down one number. <laughs> nice. All right. We have uh, one more question for you. All right. This undrafted player was the most recent player to return to the Wolves for a second stint. He spent six seasons away from the team in between. Undrafted player recently back for a second stint. Huh. Um, read it to me again. This undrafted player was the most recent player to return to the Wolves for a second stint. He spent six seasons away from the team. Man. I don't really have an inkling on this one. Uh, I don't know, any hints, any college? <laughs> uh, we've mentioned him already on the pod, and he played with Ricky Rubio the first time around. I, my only guess is Tolliver, but I don't remember. Oh, all right. It is yeah. Tolliver. Wow, That's six correct. seasons in between? Yeah. He's gone oh, for a while. Holy moly. Just for, just for the fans, I'll read through the list real quick. Sam Mitchell. 200, 244 games the first time around, 513 the second time around. Brad Sellers, 14 games the first time around, 54 when he returned. <laughs> Derek Martin, spelled Derek, D-A-R-R-I-C-K. What a spelling. Wow. 34 games the first time, 35 the second time. KG, 927 games the first time, 43 after he returned. Someone named James Robinson, who is the only James Robinson in basketball reference. Crazy. Hollywood Robinson, who ah, was his nickname. 69 <laughs> games the first time, 17 the back the second time. Uh, I'll have a lot of basketball cards of Dean Garrett. Oh, he played yeah. 243 oh, yeah. games with the Wolves the first time and came back and played 29. Uh, Joe Smith. Wow. Never heard of him. <laughs> played 121 games his first time, 126 games the second time. Pretty even there. Mm-hmm. Reggie Slater, 55 games the first time, 26 the second time. Bassie Telfair. <laughs> the only Sebastian on basketball reference. 135 the first time, 37 the second time. Wow. Corey Brewer played 232 games the first time, 105 the second time. Lazar was 42 games the first time, 4 the second time. Anthony Tolliver, 116 games the first time, 65 the second time. And Ricky Rubio, 353 games the first time. We'll see Question how many mark. he plays once again. Very nice. Very nicely done with that uh, with that game. Very timely, very relevant, and... Uh, yeah, let's. You hope. can always come home again. Yeah, you can always come on back. We'll have you. You know, Glenn will have you on back, and uh, yeah, that, looking that's forward amazing. to that Kevin Love late career reunion. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants him to come on back. Come on back, Caleb. All right, great. So that's uh, that's it. That's the game, and that is our show this week. Uh, the draft is in the books. Free agency is happening right now. Underway. I can't wait to see that's what's right. happening at midnight. The deals are popping right now, so uh, yeah, stay tuned uh, here. Uh, Wolf's Cast will be back with another show next week, and uh, all week long, com has got you covered. Um, we'll link what a great website. To, yeah, lots of great uh, posts going up right now. Uh, John Meyer is back in the house. All of our blogging partners, too, you know, especially Canis. Like, they, they've been there for a long time covering the Timberwolves. Best uh, comment section oh, yeah. of any SB Nation site. Oh, yeah. You know all about Canis Hoopus, so check out all the all the written content there around the draft. Everybody's working hard. I'm going to listen to the new Dane Moore podcast right away oh, after yeah. this. And, you know, shouts to Jake Painting. Also got his pod going, Paint Points. Yeah, you know, he's been he's been going deep on these draft prospects. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting. It'd be interesting to think, yeah, see what he thinks about them. And, and I know I haven't read it yet, but he did a, a big, long piece on Jaden McDaniels um, earlier this year, earlier this summer or whatever. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Get, get brushed up on uh, what this young man can bring to the team and yeah we're, we're having fun we're back in the saddle we got ricky on board we got ricky back we everybody ricky. he's home we have uh we got new wiggins in the house should we go meet him at the airport this weekend yeah everybody did the first time around let's go whenever he's coming back whenever don't the do press it con- don't do it people i want to but it's so bad oh, with yeah, COVID COVID, right now. Yeah. the pandemic like yeah. honestly don't see anyone just don't see anyone yeah yeah just tweet at him you know just yeah. get in his dms or let, whatever let, let show love but not show in person love. yeah it's, it's more appropriate that way yeah um but yeah that does it for wolf's cast this week we're back next week with some hopefully some free agency news hopefully some Beasley, Hernan Gomez, whoever else news um, to look forward to and uh, we'll keep it going all the way up uh, through the season so uh, don't go too far, we'll be back next week with another Wolves cast, thanks for listening this week everybody Trey Jones is my man